I was so upset, so mad, so angry with what my body was doing. And, and it's just over time, it's taken a lot of time to accept what's going on and knowing that something, you know, is wrong with you, but you're able to work towards bettering yourself and slowing the progression down. Does that make sense? <laughs> Everyone has a story to tell, and we invite you to join us for the Multiple Sclerosis Diagnosis Journey podcast and listen to these unique stories. Greetings, and welcome to the MS Diagnosis Journey podcast. I'm your host, Laura Kuliskowski, and with me today, I have our special guest, Renita Larson. Hi, Renita. I'm glad you could join us. Well, thank you for inviting me. As you know, this podcast is dedicated to talking to people about their MS diagnosis. So I'd love to jump in with you and ask you to set the stage, like the age or what symptoms you might have been experiencing that sent you to see a medical provider. I was diagnosed at the age of 30, and um, my journey was a little longer of taking to, in order to get a full diagnosis, but I started with a lot of leg cramps and some numbness in the left arm that um, kind of sent me in the direction to uh, getting some assistance in finding out what's going on with my body. Yeah, so you say you had leg cramps and numbness in the left arm, but it went on for yeah. a while. You didn't get your diagnosis till you were 30. When did these symptoms start for you? Was it much, much um, sooner? They they started in 2014, and I wasn't diagnosed until 2017. So you spent three years with this discomfort of not knowing what was going on. Correct. And now many what, doctors. And many doctors. <laughs> so take us through that. What was the first doctor that you saw with these symptoms? And do you think you were taken seriously when you presented with them? In 2014, when those symptoms actually started to arise, I was very athletic. I was a dancer and I did a lot of running and just, you know, being out there and being physical. And so I actually just thought it was something that I had done to overexert my muscles. But after a few months of it just continuing to happen, I went to my primary doctor and just did a, my annual exam, you know, checkup and whatnot. And I had mentioned that I was having leg cramps and some kind of um, arm numbness and pain. And to be honest, my doctor just told me I was too young and too healthy to have any issues. So I kind of just put it off on the back burner, just thinking that maybe I was, you know, overthinking it and whatnot. But over time, it just continued to just be bothersome. And at that time, I had talked to my husband and um, had told him that it was, you know, kind of bothersome and that I wanted to see if there was somebody else that we could talk to. And so I ended up going to another primary doctor and had told him what was going on. And uh, they decided to do some blood work just to see if there was anything that was, you know, elevated and whatnot. And everything came out fine, except for my iron levels. And those were pretty low. So we decided to put me on some um, iron pills and eventually got that under control with the levels and stuff. But then after a while, I started getting a burning sensation on the bottom of my feet. It, it was almost, it felt like there was a sunburn on my feet. And every time I would step, it hurt to walk. And so um, 
then my doctor tried to uh, have me do some nerve medication to see if maybe my nerves were a little activated, but my body didn't tolerate that medication. And so after that, she basically referred me to another doctor. I went to a sports medicine doctor and he did a bunch of other random tests. And at that time, it took quite a while to get into the doctors for that. So um, when I finally did get into that, I ended up having some more symptoms. <laughs> I ended up getting some uh, shin bone pain. Um, it's almost like an electrical fence where I had so much sensitivity that I couldn't wear pants. Uh, I ended up wearing a lot of shorts because anything that went across my shin bone just sent electrical feelings up the entire body. Mm -hmm. And so at that time, the sports medicine doctor thought that I might've had of like a clot or a fracture. So we did tests for all of those and those all came back normal. And um, at that time, he also said that he was confused at what could be the problem. So then he referred me to an orthopedic surgeon. And again, another waiting period of about three months because everybody was booked at that time. And when I did get in there, uh, the doctor, I gave my whole story from the beginning to that point. And then the doctor started doing his tests and stuff. And he thought it was compartment syndrome on um, the left leg. And uh, right, I'll stop you right there because I'm not familiar what compartment syndrome is. Don't quote me on this, but this is my version of, <laughs> of what it is. <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but um, compartment syndrome is very common in athletes, especially runners, where they run so much that they overexert their muscles. And in our calves, we have this thin layer that like, surrounds the muscles, and it's kind of like a sac. And if you exert the muscles so much where they just start, you know, kind of swelling up, it pushes on that muscle sac, which can eventually put a lot of pressure on the legs. And then you're, then you're giving more problems with everything that's going on in the lower leg. And okay. so um, compartment syndrome is just dealing with that thin sac that holds the muscle together. I think that's um, a great explanation. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's kind of difficult to explain it, but that's my version of explaining it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so then after I tested for that, uh, we had, uh, decided that I was going to do a four compartment fasciotomy surgery, which was just to go in, um, have surgery to have those, that muscle, uh, sac released. So they would just cut it and all of the four compartments, there's two at the top of your calf and there's two at the bottom of your calf. So they went in and they cut those to release it. So that way, when I did exercise, I wasn't exerting the muscle to a point where it could just cause more damage. So I did that. And then after a year of trying to heal, learning how to rewalk and um, also physical therapy, which was the first time I've ever had physical therapy, especially at the age of 30, that was a little rough because the pushing and pulling. So that took a little while for healing and, um, but the pain just seemed to get worse. It wasn't solving the problem. Like we had hoped it would have done. And, um, I went back to that same doctor, the orthopedic surgeon and told him that I just doesn't, doesn't seem right. And he basically told me that there was three options. One was just to deal with it. So, you know, take, uh, ibuprofen or anything that would help with the pain. Uh, two, going for exploratory surgery to see if they can figure out what's going on with my leg. 
or three, get a second opinion. And we went for the second opinion. <laughs> I oh, I'm, so glad, like... I'm so glad you did because I'm shuddering <laughs> thinking about you. And yeah, I, I that's gruesome surgery. Yeah. So I didn't really want to go back into to surgery. So I just says, you know, and at this point, I was pretty much already exhausted and done with doctors because it just felt like I kept stumping them after one after another. So, yeah, so we went for another opinion. And again, waiting period, I think that was about three or four months, but I got referred to a another orthopedic surgeon that was three hours away from where I'm located, which was perfectly okay and fine with us because, you know, going outside, we're in a small town that we live in, that going outside of it, maybe we could find, you know, answers. We got a little more um, support in the medical fields. And so after doing that, I went and saw that other orthopedic surgeon and <laughs> He was amazing because it's the first doctor I've ever been to that actually read my medical history before I walked into the room. Like he knew from day one to the point that we were at that what all I had done, you know, the steps that I had taken, who I've seen, what symptoms I've had. There was sometimes I think he was correcting me on what I was telling him because, you know, I just was so tired of repeating my story over and over again that, you know, it just seems like a big blur. Um, but he did some more tests. And at that time as well, I was in even more pain The the sensitivity in my shins were so terrible. I was wearing compression socks and sometimes the compression socks didn't solve that issue. I mean, it, it kept some of the pain away, but it still was very sensitive. And then, um, my arm was still doing its numbness and then I was getting a lot of cramping in the legs. And uh, the doctor did all of his tests and he just told me that he thinks that I had exerted my muscles to a point where, you know, you, you can't do anymore. You just got to make sure that you're taking it easy. And then he also brought in another doctor to do the same tests on me. That was a rough day, but he did a lot of pushing and pulling and tapping and stuff like that. And that doctor's all like, I think it's a nerve problem because of the sensitivity across your shin bone. And I got referred to a neurologist. <laughs> But that was another waiting period. But I got referred to one in the same town, so three hours away from my town. And I got finally got into them November of like 2017 is when I finally saw the neurologist. And the neurologist did some more tests and he listened to my story. And um, he at that time had just given me, you know, he kind of laid it out on a board saying, these are probably a possibility of what you have. One is MS, multiple sclerosis, or two, you have a pinched nerve. And he wanted to do an MRI and he also wanted to do a nerve conduction test. So basically they would uh, just test your nerves to see if you have a pinched nerve somewhere, but they couldn't do it because my feet were so cold because I have, a. that's another symptom. I also forgot about that, um, is that I tend to have a lot of, uh, cold running through my feet. So I'm always wearing some kind of socks to try to keep them warm. And so I had, that was the biggest test for me was trying to keep my feet warm. So that way, two weeks after I had seen the neurologist, I was supposed to go back to get tested to see if there was any nerve issues or whatnot. And then further down the line, waiting for the MRI to get cleared through the insurance. So we went home and we went on with what was going on and whatnot. And um, within two or three days after seeing that neurologist, my feet went completely numb where I couldn't feel the floor. 
I mean, it was just a constant like buzzing feeling like I was sitting on a vibrator and it was just constantly, you know, shaking, but I wasn't shaking, but I could feel that sensation, but I also couldn't feel the floor while I was walking. So my walking was really off. Like I was kind of stumbling all over the place. And so I called the neurologist and I said, this just doesn't feel right. You know, I I'm concerned what could be going on. Can we expedite what's going on? And they uh, pushed for an MRI two days later. So we climbed in the car, drove that three hours, did the MRI early in the morning, early morning, late afternoon. And then um, after that, we drove back home because we just did a day trip up there. And um, we ended up going grocery shopping because not being responsible adults that we were, (laughs) we needed food in the house. And so we were in the grocery store doing our grocery shopping. And the next minute I get a phone call on my cell phone that's ringing at a personal phone number. It's not coming directly from, you know, the neurologist's office. And so I answer it and it's my neurologist. He's all like, do you have a moment to sit down and talk? And at that point, my heart just dropped because it's like either, you know, he found something really terrible or, you know, like this is really bad to hear right away from your doctor, from your results. Because most of the time they say, if you don't hear back from us, it usually means good news. Right. And yep. at that point, I was, I was already, you know, shaking because I was so worried. And we had a full basket of groceries and I was like, I you can't do anything. And so my husband's like, well, just go to the car, call your doctor back. And um, then I'll meet you out there when I'm done getting the groceries. So we, I went back to the car and my husband finished doing groceries and I called the doctor and it's his day off, by the way, he was not scheduled to be in the office at this time, which was so heartwarming to know that, you know, he would take the time to do this. And he goes, I'm sorry to tell you this. I think it was December 22nd. So three days prior to Christmas, 2017, He says, I'm sorry to tell you this, but we do have answers for you and you have multiple sclerosis. And I just broke down because I was just overwhelmed with getting the the results because it's been so long, you know, not knowing what's going on with you. But then you finally know what it is, but you don't know what it is. So I was just so just overwhelmed with myself. My husband comes and I finally, um, after I get up off the phone with the doctor, I've finally tell my husband and he I've probably the first time I've ever seen my husband go completely white and like ghost-like because he didn't know what was going on and the first thing that really went through my mind was I had a really good friend in elementary through high school whose mom passed away from MS so the first thing I said was this this was the end you know because I didn't understand what it is this, I've seen it before. I've seen, you know, my, my friend's mom go through it. So that's the first image that went through my brain. It's like, I'm scared. It's like, this is the end. This is, I don't know what to do. It's like by the time that we came home, I curled up in a ball and that's where I sat for a day and a half. Cause I just, I was so upset, so mad, so angry with what my body was doing. And, and it's just over time, it's taken a lot of time to accept what's going on and knowing that something, you know, is wrong with you, but, and you don't have a cure for it, but you're able to work towards bettering yourself and slowing the progression now. Does that make sense? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, 
been a whirlwind and it still continues to be a, a whirlwind for me because after I had my son in 2020, my MS symptoms have kind of, you know, they've increased, but they haven't stopped me from doing stuff, but it's just, it's a constant ongoing thing that can get so frustrating at times. What a journey. What a journey, oh, yeah. Renita. I'm just like trying to count how many doctors you went through here as I'm scribbling my show notes, talking to you. I'm going, that's being persistent and getting answers. So good. Bravo. Good for you. If not just taking oh, well, advice, go rest and you'll get better. I honestly would not have gone as far as I did without the support of my family and having them say, you know, you need to keep going. It's like, we're here for you. We understand that you're tired of tests. I felt like a lab rat because it's just test after test after test. And I was passing them all, but there was no answers to it. And having my family there without them, I would not have been as strong as I am today. And I'm very thankful for them. Oh, and kudos to all of your family for supporting you on this journey. So do you have any particular advice that you would share with other people who are experiencing unexplained symptoms and looking for their own answers? I say that you are your best advocate. If something doesn't feel right, you, you're the one that can explain it to people. Go and ask questions. It never hurts to ask questions. It's, I mean, it's important that you speak what's happening with you. If you're not able to speak and tell what's going on, then you're not going to get answers. And I, and I know that it can be very long and tedious and just very exhausting to uh, ask for help, but definitely ask for help. And like I said, the biggest thing is being an advocate. If you know there's something wrong, go and ask questions and look for those answers. And if one person can't get it for you, there's always other people that you can find down the line. And eventually, hopefully, you get what you need to hear. Oh, that is great news or great um, advice you've given there, Renita, of being your own advocate. So I want to remind listeners that you've been listening to the MS diagnosis journey of Renita Larson, who she spent three years pursuing unexplained symptoms, trying to find from doctor to doctor through surgery and other procedures and lots of tests till she finally got her own diagnosis of MS. Thank you, Renita. I appreciate all of your time and help for this. And I wish everyone the best in their journey. 